The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back, everyone. 10.30. So you know what time it is. NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, sportsillustrated at si.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490 from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. Uh, Dodgers game was tough to watch. I watched about an inning, and I said that's, that's <laughs> They're enough. They're all tough to watch. <laughs> that's that's true. They're all tough to watch. But, you know, if, maybe if you got a few shekels down on it, it makes it more interesting. But, yeah. you know, I retweeted those TV ratings for just about everybody. It's been a disaster for basically every sport coming back from the pandemic. I, I don't think anybody expected that, except the NFL, but even the NFL is down, I think, 13%. Um, but I predicted that because it's an election year. So that's the same thing that happened in the last election, but everybody forgets that. Right. <laughs> um, so Carson Wentz, John. And I want to really focus on him with you tonight because this week feels different, man. It's like the microscope is always on the quarterback in Philadelphia, but it feels like it's not really on him this week. I, am I nuts and missing something? But what's the uh, what's like the vibe that you're getting regarding Carson Wentz, just from fans and even the team? Uh, I, I, I think he's playing better. Um, but I think there's been a recalibration. Like, I, I don't think there's this. And, and I don't want to say people um, regarded him as at, at the very top uh, of the quarterback ladder, so to speak. You know, that's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, people like that. Um, but there were a few uh Dan Orlovsky, I mean, I would say everybody should have somebody who loves them as much as Dan loves Carson Wentz. There were a few, um, and now nobody thinks that, nor should they, by the way. That's correct. Um, But he also wasn't the worst quarterback in football, and I think first three weeks he was in that conversation of being the worst starting quarterback in football. He probably couple worse, maybe Drew Locke, but he got hurt. Dwayne Haskins, he got benched. I mean, he was playing really, really poorly. 
and turning the football uh, over more than anybody. And really those turnover-worthy plays more than anybody in the league, basically double of any other quarterback in the league. Um, so he stopped that. <laughs> he had to. I mean, that that's good, but you almost had to. But I, I don't think we're back to the point, anywhere near the point, where you look at that guy and say, I'm really, really confident that he's going to go out and win me a football game on a Sunday. I, I don't feel that way. I, I don't know how you feel. Um, but it has gotten better uh, over the past few weeks, and it had to. So that's positive, but it's still got to get better from there as well. Yeah, I don't feel – I haven't felt that way with him since 2017, John. And I just always feel like everything is so tough. <laughs> like just watching the offense as a whole, and he's the quarterback, so it's he's going to get the blame for me, fair or foul. But it's just everything is such a struggle. And even when he does have that miraculous play or drive, whatever it may be, it's like he's digging himself out of the hole that he created. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I am, and and that's what those turnover-worthy plays were. So, yeah, I mean, when you're turning it over like he was, um, yeah, you're always digging yourself out of that hole, and a lot of times it's self-inflicted. But I do think there was, you know, as I said, there was a, a small group, and I think they were wrong, that thought, you know, Carson was a top five level quarterback and but I do think and I always say I, I, I did think he was settling in as sort of a, a right around ten, that type of guy. And maybe on a good season he would be seven or eight. Maybe on a bad season he'd be twelve or thirteen. But I thought he was settling into that comfortable range of being just a good starting, really good starting quarterback in the NFL. And he hasn't been that this year, this season. So um, it's got to get better, and I think it starts with the mechanics. Um, I, I think no offseason had a lot to do with it. I've mentioned before, obviously he had uh, a daughter, uh, and, and that took him uh, further away. Remember, Look, everybody was left to their own devices in this offseason. And I, I, some, you know, some people did what they had to do and, and took things very seriously. And I don't necessarily think when it came to mechanics, and they've always been an issue for Carson, um, and he's always had to work on them very, uh, very hard. And I always talk about when John D. Filippo was here, he was a taskmaster. Well, a lot of times Carson didn't like him, but he forced him to work on those mechanics. I think it's pretty clear he didn't work on those mechanics in this offseason. I think it, it really comes down to that. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is maybe a dramatic type of question, but let's do it. Are we going to be at the point anytime in the near future, John, where we're questioning if he may not be here long-term or if the Eagles are going to make a decision? And They're never going to come out and say anything like that, but I, I guess it depends how this season goes and, and 
if he progresses or regresses anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's a clear path to that, but and, I, and I've said this and I've said it to you before, and I, it would have to be him getting hurt um, again, and it would have to be Jalen Hurts playing and playing successfully. And then I think the path is clear. And I think you say, you you you, if you're Howie Roseman, you say to yourself, well, I can still get a lot for Carson Wentz uh, as a a starting quarterback in a quarterback desperate league. Trust me, somebody would bend over backwards to give you significant draft capital back, even with his contract, because it's already uh, team friendly. That's how quickly that quarterback market has moved. Um, so the Eagles could get a lot back for him. And then on the back end, you would have Jalen Hurts under a rookie deal. And we always talk about roster building and how important it is to have a quarterback on that first contract. Um, and that enables you to build more depth on your roster. Uh, that's just how it is. And then when you get to the second contract with a successful quarterback, you have to do things differently because the quarterback makes so much money. Uh, so I do think that's a clear path, but that's a lot of hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Carson getting hurt and Jalen Hurts playing really well. <laughs> you think that's going to happen? I, I could see Carson getting hurt, especially <laughs> yeah, the first part. <laughs> behind this offensive line, right. which has nobody but Jason Kelsey now. But um, I, I can't see Jalen Hurts playing well behind that same offensive line. So I don't think it's going to happen. I will say that. What do you expect from Jalen Hurts' role moving forward? He threw a pass, and it seems like every game he's slowly – listen, it's minute. It's one play. He had one pass, but he we're going to talk about it. I mean, in a month from now or two months from now, where do you see his role with this team? Is it going to grow anymore? No, it's going to be the stupid Taysom Hill-type <laughs> approach. Well, or he's going to play a couple plays here and there. Yeah, and you take the quarterback, you take the most important uh, player on the offense, and you you just split them out wide, and you're playing ten on eleven. It's the dumbest thing ever. Um, Sean Payton's dumb for doing it. Doug Peterson's dumb for doing it. Everybody who's ever done it is dumb for doing it. <laughs> um, in the case of Drew Brees, you're taking a Hall of Famer. Uh, off, so that's even exponentially worse. Um, it's dumb. <laughs> I don't know how other way to describe it. It's and not like I, you know, I you think Howie Roseman. I, I, you know, before you say that, I, yeah. I Ryan, I, Howie Roseman should be ripped to shreds for his second, third round picks in this draft, in this 2020 draft. Just an abominable job, abomination. Um, You've taken a, a a luxury pick in Jalen Hurts and a project in Davion Taylor, who's nowhere near ready to play and is behind the six-round pick because he's got no idea what he's doing. I, it, it, <laughs> this is not – I think I said this yesterday on the show. This is not basketball or baseball. This is not a sport where you tank or you talk about uh, – five-year plans this is this is the nfl where you can get five good players in the draft if you draft 10 well other teams can the eagles can't 
It's um, and, and I was just going to say, I'm sorry for attempting to cut you off, but I, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> it's it's not like like fans say, oh, well, teams, it throws it's really tough to game plan for Taysom Hill and, and you know, Jalen Hurts potentially. And it's like, dude, they're not when he goes in there, it's it's the most simplistic off like offensive play calling there is. It's not like teams are like, whoa, what's happening here? It's going to be a an option or a quick pass or a rollout, right? It's nothing. There's nothing to it. No. It, well, and think if you're the defensive coordinator and you're saying, oh, you're going to take Drew Brees <laughs> out and put in Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. That No, I don't want you. What, <laughs> you got that's me. what he wants you to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's You're going to take Carson Wentz and split him out wide and play 10 on 11 with Jalen Hurts? Oh, Okay. Please don't. <laughs> I, I mean, on the cert, there, there are certain things that always make, you know, I always default. I, I, I think, and we talk about it with Jim Schwartz all the time, I mean, you have fans who really, really think, really think they know more about defensive football than Jim Schwartz. And every single one of them is so wrong, it, it's not even uh, – it's it's delusional, but every every once in a while you do look at coaches and you say, "What the heck? What what are you thinking about?" And that second quarterback package, it's just dumb. And you go back, Baltimore's in when Lamar Jackson um, was a rookie and Joe Flacco was still there. They did it, and it was dumb then. It's dumb. <laughs> I, I agree, I, but you you look at those cases in Taysom Hill. He hasn't turned into a starting quarterback. I don't know if he ever will. Um, but there are some cases in Lamar. For sure, Jackson, he never will. Yeah, <laughs> he's a heck of a football player. I'm a big fan of his, but I, I don't know if he can be a legitimate starting quarterback in in the NFL. That's a different conversation. No, he's not. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I I, I thought it was. Um, you know, Sean Payton called him a, a whatever a franchise quarterback. And yeah. Of course, then they went out and got. Uh, you know, he was a third string quarterback and remains a third string quarterback. So, you know, because they went out and got Jameis Winston, they had Teddy Bridgewater before. So, I mean, what do they have? Six elite quarterbacks in, in New Orleans. It's, you know, it, but you know, if you go back to that playoff game. That that's the best you will ever see Taysom Hill play. He was brilliant. Um, he was he was the Saints' best player on the field, uh, and they lost the game uh, to Minnesota in the playoffs. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's just the the upside to playing that well, and you've seen it. Um, had his best game as a pro. Okay. On on one particular uh, game day, short small sample size, uh, but again, long, you know Drew Brees is going to Canton. Why are you taking him out of your offense? I think Sean Payton's a good coach, but I think years from now when he's sitting and thinking about his career, he'll say, "What the hell was I thinking?" <laughs> That's going to be his one regret, um, John. Going back to the Howie point, you know, talking about his pitiful draft decisions or lack thereof, when was the last time this team has had 
a legitimate wide receiver that they have groomed, so to speak, and or drafted or just acquired uh, at a young stage of their career. Travis Fulgham, now you feel like he has the potential to be that guy, but not because of anything that Howie Roseman has really done, right? No, I, and, and nobody expected anything from Travis. Tra- Travis was a six-round pick in Detroit. Um, he got cut there. Green Bay picked him up for a couple days, uh, waved him, took a quick look at him. They're in need of receivers, um, seemingly always as well, uh, although Aaron Rodgers ma- managed to elevate the worst receivers in the world and make them look like stars. Uh, but that's another conversation. And, and then um, he got picked up on waivers by the Eagles on August 20th. Um, yeah, so I first of all, hey, Travis was great in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was tremendous. But also understand, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense didn't go into that game and said, oh, we're going to try to stop Travis Fulgham. We're, we're going we're gonna to game plan for Travis Fulgham. They didn't even know who the hell Travis Fulgham was, most likely. Uh, and it, now everybody knows who he is because of that game. And now you'll you'll start seeing it this week with Baltimore already because the Eagles don't have anything else. You know, if, if John Hightower's out there, and that was the first team again today. So Deshaun Jackson, also Jeffrey, both back at practice in limited fashion. Uh, but the guys running with the first team were Hightower, Fulgham, Greg Ward, as usual. And then you have Zach Ertz, who's having the worst year of his career. We talked about that because of the contract issues. You know, people are going to start paying attention to Fulgham. Then can he do something? Uh, has he ever seen a double team in his life? Certainly not at the NFL level. He might start seeing that. But that's, and then, that's still a good thing for the offense. Well, you would think yeah. if, you know, Greg Ward and John Hightower could do something about that. Um, and Greg might. I mean, Greg's fine, but he's just average. Uh, he'll certainly catch the ball, make the plays that come to him. Uh, Hightower's done nothing. Um Hopefully, Rager's back after the bye, and and maybe you start improving that way. Uh, but certainly, you can't count on Deshaun at any point. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if when he does come back, he's out with a hamstring. <laughs> you got to believe the, the next one is coming down the pipe. Uh, and, and to be honest, I don't even want all sound Jeffrey back because – that's Travis's spot now, uh, and I'd rather see the young guy out there because there's no way, there's absolutely no way that Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey, either of them, are here in 2021. Just no way. So why not develop the young guys? But there's some. There's going to be some growing pains with that sentiment, no question about it. That was a big topic of discussion on Twitter uh, for the past day or two, and I saw Derek Gunn, uh, the longtime pre- and post-reporter for NBC Sports Philly, he tweeted that out. He said, I don't care if Alshon and Deshaun Jackson are ready to go. Fogum does not get taken off the field. Now let's just play the hypothetical game. 
Is that the case if they're ready to go, let's say, both of them in the next week or two? Yeah, well, I, I, I you know, I wrote about this uh, at Sports Illustrated. I, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. Uh, I think it starts out piecemeal. I, I think Travis has earned the right uh, to be on the field until he earns the right to be taken off it, so to speak. So from that point, you, I think the Eagles – should and will be very cautious with Alshon Jeffrey, and they'll use the Liz Frank injury um, as an excuse to sort of slow him down a little bit and see if Travis continues to play well. If he doesn't, then you just put Jeffrey back in and when he's ready to go. Um, it's a little bit different with Sean because John Hightower hasn't produced. Um he gets open, <laughs> but you, you saw him pull the Nelson Aguilar again, the Eagles Nelson Aguilar, not the Raiders Nelson Aguilar. Um, he, he also had that other deep opportunity, and he, to my, you know, I was there live, looked like a poor route to me. It looked like he didn't track the football, looked like Nelson Aguilar in the Eagles version. And then he made the rookie mistake not getting out of bounds. They essentially cost the Eagles a field goal at the end of the first half. Uh, so I had no problem taking him off the field, and that would be Deshaun's spot. Uh, but even then, then you have that second layer, and that's Jalen Rager coming back. And if you have Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham is still playing well, and then Jalen's back, Rager – I don't want I don't want Deshaun Jackson on the field. Yeah, no, I would agree, and and you can read more about that at si dot com. A decision at wide receiver doesn't have to be difficult for Doug Peterson. That's the title of John's latest article. There, uh, we're talking with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at jf mcmullen si dot com phillyvoice dot com. What's the injury updates? Uh, if we want to touch on all of the injuries, any news? Any updates? There- 13, 13, 13. play. Well, technically, I think there was another. Uh, the three guys were out with an illness, uh, and you always have to keep an eye on that because, again, with the COVID um, world we live in, um, um, it's it's a good sign that nobody was placed on on the COVID nineteen reserve list. So, uh, hopefully, it, it was guys just being careful and checking um, yes on their um, sort of questionnaire they have to fill out every day. Have you been near somebody? Do you have the sniffles? You know, if you check yes, you're going to miss practice, and hopefully that's the case. Uh, Jamone Brown uh, was ill um, second time amongst, uh, as I said, three players. And then uh, I mentioned the limited guys, most notably Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Lane Johnson, we've talked about a lot. He's not going to play this week, no matter what Doug Peterson said. Um, so it could have been worse, uh, as we mentioned, for Lane Johnson, but looks like Jack Driscoll is going to be the right tackle this week. And then Darius Slay, I think, is probably the biggest one because he's in concussion protocol, so whether he can get out of that uh, in time to play 
Sunday. That's something to keep an eye on. And then Marcus Epps and, and Duke Riley both have rib injuries, and, and they were held out of practice. But Duke uh, looked okay, and Doug said uh, on Monday that he would probably be okay to play. Um, it's not great, but when you don't have any linebackers, you need Duke Riley out there. And uh, it's just every week it's so long, that list, that Wednesday list, and it was 13 today. Unbelievable. 13. Just a standard number there for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Switching to running back, John. So we've talked a lot in the past about Doug Peterson and how he likes to have that running back by committee, and we've talked plenty of Miles Sanders here every night. But he said today that – this is a situation where I think we have found our three-down guy in Miles, and that's something we've been looking for. Now, he could just be saying that, or do you think the running back by committee has disappeared, or they're just trying to figure out who to replace to get the committee back? Uh, I think more the latter. Yeah. Not that Miles can't be a, a three-down back or doesn't have the talent to be a three-down back. I I, I do think he does. I, I always say I think he's a little, to be honest, I think he's a little overrated by the fan base. He's a, he's a good player, but they treat him like a great player. You know, he's not that level um, yet. Hopefully he can get there. Um, but he, he's a three-down back now because he has to be because they have nobody else. And And I always say don't. Don't listen to what a team says. Watch what they do. And in the offseason, the Eagles tried to get Carlos Hyde, and and they really wanted him. Uh, and they really wanted Devontae Freeman. So they've been looking for a veteran complement, and it's usually going to be the between-the-tackles-type runner. Uh, and they wanted that, and they still want it. And I'm a little surprised, to be honest, because uh, Corey Clement has played so poorly. They do have Elijah Holyfield still around on the practice squad. I'm surprised he hasn't been given an opportunity, at least, uh, to be one of those guys that gets elevated. Um, You know, what would it hurt? And this is another example. The thing's (laughs) a little bit different. I mentioned with Howie and, and just... More than the players, the sentiment of of those second and the third round picks, and this is running backs. Well, you you running backs. You look around the rest of the league; they do find running backs off the scrap heap and mid round picks off other people's practice squad, and they're not Christian McCaffrey. They're not Alvin Kamara's. They're not Dalvin Cooks. Those are the true stars at the running back position, but they're competent. And the Eagles can't see It's like receiver as well. We talk about receiver all the time. And, you know, whether it's D.J. Metcalf, you saw Chase Claypool, you know, second-round picks. The Eagles get J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, can't develop them. Why can't they find a running back that's at least competent? It, it's It's – Stunning to me, and maybe the reason why is you got to roll these guys through. 
and I put Jason Huntley in that conversation as well. Look, Corey's been so bad. I, I like Corey. He's a South Jersey guy. He's great. I mean, for whatever reason, whether it was the injuries, he's not the same player. you got to give somebody else a chance, and you got to roll these guys through and get at least some competency in that backup running back position. Obviously, Boston Scott's going to be a part of it, but he's more of a third down back. They need that compliment, and it's not Corey Clement. And it's not Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you know, Le'Veon, first of all, look, the Eagles could use Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's still he's not what he was. But he's still a, a good running back. And if they could find a way to convince him to come here for the veteran minimum um, to play back up to Miles Sanders, great. But, again, that's, that's, like, that's video game stuff. I, I mean, this is a guy who, who sat out a year because he didn't get the money he thought he deserved from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um this is a guy with a huge ego, and you think he's going to come in to be a backup to Miles Sanders? I, 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 people need to think these things out. So other than the fact that he's a good running back and the Eagles need a good running back, and he's not what he once was, uh, certainly, there is no fit whatsoever because he wants a bigger role and he wants – more money than they're willing to give, and he's not going to accept being second fiddle to a player that's a good player, as I mentioned, but he's not as good as people think he is. And for somebody like Le'Veon Bell, who has been at the top, he's not going to accept that. No. No, he's not. But... The Eagles fans are going to continue to talk about it until he's signed elsewhere. John McMullen and I will continue to talk about the Eagles every night at 1030. We'll dive more into the Ravens game tomorrow night. John, thank you as always, my friend.